all suffer tragedy. We, we all uh, are going to go through uh, tragic events in life. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's going gonna, it's, it's gonna to usually affect you in one of two ways. You know, it'll, it'll, it can drive you to self-destruction. Mm-hmm. You know, um, or it can drive you, it, it can work as, as, as a motivator. All right, now, <clears throat> I haven't cleared my throat. I should have done that. I'm back for another episode of the regular podcast, y'all. I am going to be in all kinds of places right now because it's just a bunch of random stuff I want to talk about because these random things are, um, you know what I didn't have on my list? My week was cool. How was your week? All right, boom. You know what I did not even have on my list to talk about? Jay-Z and Beyonce's album that just came out. Actually, there's so many things to talk about, it just doesn't even make sense. I know last week I said I was going to get people's opinion on the on the rap topic, but you know what? We can do that another time because that topic is ongoing. So I'll start out with saying, what? how do y'all feel about the albums that came out? Let's just do a brief. The major albums that came out this week over the weekend was Nas, what I'll say the most talked about in the hip hop world. Nas dropped the album called Nasir. J Rock dropped the album called Redemption. And then Jay Z and Beyonce came out on Saturday and they dropped an album called Everything Is Love. Now, I don't know about y'all. <clears throat> Let's just start out by saying which album is the best of the weekend. To me, it's clear the best album this weekend was J Rock Redemption. Now, even though everybody who knows me know that Jay-Z is my favorite rapper. But when it comes to these, you know, I have to keep it, you know what I mean? I have to keep it skinny. I got to give you the skinny on the album game. J-Rock's album is a real album. So, I mean, it's going to be better than Jay-Z Beyonce's, which was like produced by them too. Neither one of them are produced. I mean, I guess they are, they are producers because they produce music, but they they don't have high quality production value. So their album is something that you can tell clearly they put together themselves. And it wasn't bad. I loved it, actually. But it wasn't better than J-Rock's album. J-Rock had the best album. My favorite. So it just came out. So the only thing I have right now is my favorite song, which is, well, I have two. My favorite song on the J-Rock Redemption album is um, it's called Broke Plus Minus. I don't even know how you're supposed to pronounce that. But it's, it's the word broke, which he breaks down in the song is an acronym. And then there's a plus sign and a minus sign. So I just call it broke. I don't even know if they meant to put that there. Maybe by now they, they changed it, whatever. I worked out to the um, album a couple times. It's a good album. Best album of the weekend. Uh, my second favorite on there is, I think it's called The Wild Freestyle with Kendrick. That's not really much. It's You know, it's called Wild Freestyle. It's a freestyle. But I love it, though, man. Like, I had, I, that's one of the songs I run back a lot. It's just hard. They was going hard, going back and forth, you know. I, I just like that song. So that that's the best album of the weekend. I know a lot of people have been talking about Nas's album. To me, Nas's album is cool at best. You know, seven songs in line with everything else that Kanye West is putting out right now as far as on the production side. The beats, to me, sound incomplete. All the beats sound incomplete. They sound like he just... 
you know how how people sample now compared to how people used to sample 30 years ago when they sample 30 years ago pretty much for the most part they only used the sample meaning they only used whatever part that they took from a uh, a record mainly and they would chop that and loop it up they would use sounds from just the record that's not my favorite style of sampling i like the more uh early 2000s and late 90s style of sampling which they use the sample as like an instrument in the song there's also other beats and other drums and other snares and claps and hi-hats and everything and and instruments added into it that's the style of sampling i like i don't like for the sample itself to be the entire beat so of course you can imagine if i just said i don't like that that means for the you know how people like to say nas picks trash beats or whatever in my mind all the beats before like 95 for the most part was trash to me you know what i'm saying not all of them but like for the most part the the um just using a record and taking different sounds off it yeah that's you have a lot of skill when you do that but to me sonically i don't like a lot of those beats it's not my favorite style of sampling my favorite style of sampling comes in the late 90s early 2000s where it was heavily used and that's just me personally so to me Nas album sounds un- incomplete it doesn't sound like old Nas, even though the style of sampling is very old older it's not like old Nas. so it's just like modernized incomplete beat Nas was doing some good rapping on there you know what i mean it wasn't a bad album it's just not great my favorite song on there i really i can't even say i have a favorite song for real because not only thing that's kanye west to me had the best verse on the album you know what i'm saying so that's how i feel about the joint on his cop shot the kids song so that's that. Then my favorite song on the Beyonce Jay Z is of course the Black Effect. He was talking real greasy on that joint. I like the Black Effect a lot. But also the Friends song was very cool. And then the Love Happy. I, I think it's called Love Happy or Happy Love, something like that. The last song on the joint. That was also a good good song right there. Overall, though, that album, to me, feels like something that they just like, all right, we made these songs. They sound good enough to let the world hear them. And that's what they did. I'm not mad at them for it. I really don't know. I mean, I guess I expected worse, for real, from a joint album from them. So I can't really be mad at what they put together. You know, I've been listening to it, though, nonstop, because it's short enough to keep on listening to. And Jay-Z is doing this thing on the rap side, so... You know, for an album to be great to me, it can't just be about the the bars. The whole package has to be together. If I want to just hear bars, I'll go to battle rap or I'll go to mixtapes or something like that. When you put an album out, I want the value of everything in there. See, this is a this is a, a you know this is a gift and a curse of rap. Rap is very cheap to make, but rap also has very low production value, so people see it as cheap. It's a cheap form of music. You don't need to know how to play any instruments. The only thing you have to do is make your words rhyme. That's the that's the only skill that you need to rap. That's why so many people do it. That's why you can do it from anywhere. You know, it'd be hard to do a lot of other genres with just your mouth and nothing else. So when you put together an album, I want it to have as much production value as possible. You know what I'm saying? 
I'm not. That doesn't mean radio records. That means production value. All right. So anyway, that was my. That's my take on the, on the um the albums that came out over the weekend. There are more albums that came out. A lady named Victory. I like her. She's a Rock Nation artist. She's a singer. She real jazzy, real bluesy type. But I, but she's young though, a young person. Y'all should check her out. Victory. She's a Rock Nation artist. She's on title. Her music is on title. Check her music out. I've been listening to her album too, just as much as I've been listening to J Rock. It's a complete album. It's great to me. I love it. <clears throat> Check that out, family. Now, also, R.I.P. to XXX Tentacion. You know, that was a young rapper that I did like. You know, he was like my second favorite of all these like young, young dudes. Second favorite behind Kodak. Kodak is like, I think Kodak is cold. Out of all these the hot young dudes that's coming up right now, Kodak was definitely my favorite. And then Triple X was second behind it. The only reason I had put the pause button on Triple X is because, see, <clears throat> well, it's because of the the statements that came. Well, you know, the deposition had come out with the girl who said that he, what he was doing to her. <clears throat> so that made me, because I was listening to his album 17 non-stop <clears throat> excuse me i was listening to that album a lot when it first came out and then right after his album came out that's that story had come out about like with details of the girl describing what happened so i said i'm not gonna cancel my young <clears throat> excuse me i'm not gonna cancel my man damn my throat <clears throat> excuse me y'all i'm not gonna cancel the young boy i'm just gonna put it on pause i'm not gonna stream the album right now I'm going to wait till the whole situation is done. Then I'll get back to it. Hopefully, he didn't do that because the stuff they said he was doing was kind of wild. But I admired his music from afar, though, if we could say that. Uh, Triple, X, uh, Triple X is a great musician to me. I think so. And w when I say music, I mean artist. He's a great person when it comes to making music. He doesn't play any instruments as far as I know. But his um his style, you know, when, when Kanye... Had just dropped his his album. I said on the song "Kid See Ghost," or no, it's called "Ghost Town." I said, "Yo, this should have had Triple X on it." It sounds like they were trying to mimic what Triple X would do. It sound, that's what to me it sounds like. Cuddy is doing like a reference of what Triple X should have performed. That's how I felt it. But if y'all listen to "Ghost Town," if you listen to uh, X. Listen to, like, you can hear that he would fit right in there perfectly. Because that sounds like him. That sounds like his style. It sounds like that's what they were going for. And I think he should have been on that album, too. If they if that's the sound he wanted, he should have definitely been on it. All right, so anyway, yeah, rest in peace to him. Also, rest in peace to Jimmy Wapo. I didn't know he was from Pittsburgh. Uh, he got he got killed yesterday, like, probably like an hour after Triple X got killed. So, yeah, rest in peace to them. A lot of people, you know, feel the, feel the need to bring up certain things i just feel like i don't have to say that these people were amazing human beings but i don't have to trash them either you feel me so it's no need to play the extreme either way because he wasn't convicted of uh, x wasn't convicted of anything that he was accused of so to just uh, just say he did these things to say oh he uh raped somebody he be the gay man like to say he did it without him being convicted he never get to go to trial and nothing like that this is not you know a lot of people like to say uh 
oh, well, George Zimmerman, he, he wasn't convicted, so let's just don't call him guilty. This is a very different. George Zimmerman admitted to doing what he did. X said he didn't do it. There's a difference. See, there's, don't let nobody bring up these people who, who got off of murdering black dudes on some, like, when they're trying to argue with you about how these people are bad people. Listen, it's not the same situation. X said he did not do what the lady is accusing him of doing. I'm not saying whether you're right or wrong. That's why I said I put the music on pause. I like him, but I was like, let me just see first. You know what I mean? Because it sounded like he was trying, from what she told, it was like he was doing some torturous type stuff. Like he was like, you know, putting scissors in her vagina. Like, I, you know, I'm not, I don't, I don't, play, I don't know what, what that's about. So I said, let me put the brakes on it. So yeah, rest in peace to him. Over the weekend, I went to see, uh, me and Shay went to go see the movie Superfly. Superfly was a great movie, I think. I'll let more of y'all go see it. And then, like I said, later on, if Shay come back on with me, We'll talk about that on here in more depth. I'll just say I loved it. I think I think this is, and I know a lot of people want me like, what? To me, this is a coming out party for Atlanta. Now, I know that sounds crazy with Atlanta being a big gay capital, but that's not what I mean. I mean, for Atlanta to be used as much as it's used for, uh, for film and cinema and TV, for the most part, they use Atlanta and then when it goes to editing and CGI and all that, they just put, they make it another city. They shoot the movies here, but the movies, when you watch the movie, it's not set here. I think this movie actually shows Atlanta as a cool city. It glamorized Atlanta. For the most part, when you when you look at Atlanta in cinema, it doesn't look cool from the past. Like, you know, maybe some people might have saw Players Club. And I don't even remember if they was in Atlanta, but let's just say they was. Some people see that movie and they think that's violence. That's like rape culture and all that kind of stuff. You see, you know, that's that's the underground world. So that's not really glamorous to me anyway. Oh, you see the, the movie ATL. To me, that wasn't really glamorous either. The way they was living, they didn't show, they didn't glamorize Atlanta. They kind of made you feel like you can relate to Atlanta because they, you know, they just chill in the hood. They skate. That's what kids all over the country do. And then the show ATL, they definitely don't glamorize anything because it, they show kind of the rougher side of living down in Atlanta. Superfly is, to me, a movie that is showcasing the city of Atlanta, the nightlife, the flash, the glitz, the glam, the money, everything. They even show the street dudes and how, not how they live in the streets, but how they live when they're spending their money in a glamorous way. Not saying that that needs a light shined on it but i'm just saying they make atlanta look cool so that is one that's not even i'm not even giving away any of the movie to say that they make atlanta look very cool in that movie and i think that this i, I think because you know tyler perry makes atlanta look like it's full of rapists so i ain't going so yeah i think this is a great movie for the city man and i can't imagine if i was from somewhere like let's just say people started making movies about youngstown i would be Amazed, I, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, like, cool movies about Youngstown. So, I, I can imagine being from here and seeing a movie like that. You probably feel good for everybody that's from here. Now, like I said, I'm I'm jumping all over the place. So, I wanted to I wanted to get into that's that's the the pop news segment, <laughs> if you want to call it, is done now. I'm not. That's the end of the pop news. There's more news. But it's not popular news. Now, 
There is something interesting happening right now. Everybody knows what's going on with uh, Donald Trump's administration versus the illegal immigrants, as they call them, the, the illegals, right? And Trump has built his whole campaign on build a wall, right? That was a big thing for him. And everybody's trying to figure out who's going to pay for it and blah, blah, blah. We don't know who's going to pay for it. The wall didn't happen. But guess what is happening? A lot of people are still coming into America through the Mexican border. And guess what Trump is doing? They're pretty much like, okay, cool, enter at your own risk, but we are going to arrest you immediately if we, when we find you. There's no, we don't care if you came over here to, to petition for your paperwork. We don't care if, you, if we catch you before you are a legal citizen or legally allowed to be here. If we find you, you can be on your way to the courthouse. It doesn't matter. You're being arrested. You will be charged as an illegal immigrant. And the children that you have with you will be taken and held in U.S. Uh, Homeland Security custody. Or um, the immigration, the, the people who run immigration. You will be held in their custody. Now, why did I bring that up? Because a strange thing is happening right now. And I won't say strange because this is, you know how they got this thing called black on black crime? Well, this is a thing called white on white help, because this is this is how this is how white men do. You know what I mean? They they play the game the way the game is supposed to be played when you want to remain in power. This is the headline: Trump's immigration child detentions mean four hundred fifty-eight million dollars for nonprofit. Now, four four hundred fifty-eight million dollars. This is not a grant that they're about to spread all over the United States. They're about to give $458 million to one company that owns buildings that house immigrant children. This company is called Southwest Key. And, okay, they're, they're stationed in Texas. They're a Texas nonprofit. See, that's how they get you. When, you, when they say nonprofit, they make you think, okay, well, you know, sounds like a legit th situation, but... Why would nonprofits be uh, working with the American government to house illegal immigrant children? There's a lot of money being made, a lot of money changing hands right now. These people own um, the Southwest Key program. Is to, I'll just read this real quick for you. Southwest Key program is to be paid more than $458 million in fiscal year 2018. That means it's all coming before November of this year. It's already June, and they're about to get all this money. Okay, according to the data, the most among, the most among organizations, government agencies, and companies that run a detention and health care center. I mean, a care center for immigrant children on behalf of the Department of Health and, Home and Human Services. That means... There's a whole lot of money being paid out this year. This company, Southwest Key Programs, Inc., is going to get the largest chunk of it. And it's going, it's going to be $458 million from now to the end of November. Because that once November hits, then that starts fiscal year 2019. So this is the fiscal year calendar that they run. Fiscal is like financial. It's a financial calendar. Okay. The Southwest Key, Southwest Key has about a dozen facilities in Texas. Now, that means they, they, I mean, they have invested in facilities that house 
aka detain people that are immigrants that should not be here. Now we talking about we 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 looked at private. I mean, we know about private prisons, but who would who what kind of like master investor thought you know what we can do? Let me get one of my politician homies to to do a big push for immigration. Uh, it to to uh, lock up illegal immigrants, and I'll have the facility to house those people, and the government will pay me to house them. Like what level of evil investment do you have to be on to come up with this scheme? Because you know, if Trump is giving this much money to a company, you better know that he is friends, or his friend is a friend. He's the friend of a friend of the person who runs this this charity, this nonprofit. See, it's not a, it's not a charity; it's a nonprofit. It's two different things. The NFL is a nonprofit, also. They're not a charity. You see how that works? It's a difference between nonprofit and a charity. A nonprofit is just a company that does not have to pay taxes. It means they have to spend all their money at the end of the year. It doesn't say what they have to spend it on. You understand? That means anything that they make, dollar for dollar, it has to be spent before the year is over. So that most of it can go to salaries if they want. It can go to facilities. It can go to company vehicles for employees. It can go to whatever. It just needs to be spent. You understand? And anybody can file for nonprofit status. Nonprofit is less about what you do for the community or country as a whole. And more about your accounting practices. See, that's what they don't tell you. Anyway, this company is a nonprofit, and they they house immigrants. And listen, y'all, these people they they these people get in government and they take care of their people. I just told y'all about uh, Ben Carson last week or a few weeks ago, whatever it was, man. I'm telling you, these people have money to spend, and this money is being spent. Now, this is coming from removed and placed because this is coming from cust. Uh, so this money is, yeah, Department of Homeland Security. That's another one of those departments, just like HUD, Housing, Urban Development. This is another one of those departments that govern themselves for the most part. Donald Trump appointed the secretary and, you know, they had to testify in front of Congress, whatever, get voted in. But still, Donald Trump appointed them. They don't answer to anybody. It's, it's them and then their whole department that answers to them. And and they deal, they work with Trump. And listen, they are sharing the wealth. And I want y'all black people, we have to ask ourselves, how much of this wealth are we going to get? How much of it? Now, they, they haven't come close to cracking, you know, this is not anywhere near prison type numbers. You know, prison, I told y'all a few weeks ago, whatever. The prison industry is a 800, I mean, an $82 billion annually business. This right here, they plan on spending $943 million. So they're only about 1% of, of what, you know, what prisons are doing every year. But it's still a lot of money if all you do, because one of these, one of these facilities used to be a Walmart. Uh, let me see. It was a Walmart store. They bought an old Walmart building and turned it into a detention facility for immigrant children. <laughs> like, think about like, yo, these people are are master evil underground investors. I don't even know if I can call them evil. They're playing the game the way the game is set up to play. 
It's just that we don't have enough money to play that game. Imagine, you know how people try to like make analogies to things. Imagine we're trying to play Monopoly, but we can't afford to roll the dice. So we never we never even come off the first square, you know, go. We don't we never pass it. We never even roll at all. We just watching everybody else roll and buy property and do all this shit. We just on go. Or better yet, they playing Monopoly and we on the next board over playing checkers. Like that's you understand? That's how that's how it goes. We're not even in the game. So Yeah, man. There's a lot of money changing hands. A lot of money changing hands, yo. The I'm having deja vu right now because I had a dream about what I'm seeing, what, what what's happening right now. Had a dream about it. It didn't go right in a dream. So let's just hope everything is everything right now. Now, Trump did that and it's happening. You know, it's nothing that anybody can do about it. The money is about to be distributed and it is what it is now. So I'm telling y'all that because I don't know if anybody's been paying attention. I just thought it was interesting and I thought we wanted to know because another thing is that's creative investing. Now, I don't, you know, I don't want to sound like insensitive or whatever, but that is creative investing. That's how people out here living. Now, we have to decide how we want to figure out different ways to get money other than opening up restaurants, hair salons, barbershops and things like that and starting clothing companies. There's a lot of ways to get money in these streets without being in the streets. You feel me? So, I mean, I I wouldn't necessarily suggest getting into the detention industry, but, you know, there's a lot of different ways to make money. You know, we got to break the mold in the thinking that we have, which which makes us think these little these, these few industries are for us. Everything else we don't even think is for us. We don't even know about these other things. So, you know, let's let's open our mind up, brighten our horizons. You understand? So now that's the end of news. I had this one thing I wanted to talk to you all about. And I want you all. This is an interactive podcast right here. This is and another thing, just because, you know, I like to tell you all where I'm getting information from. You can look this this uh, Donald Trump stuff up on uh, Bloomberg. I searched Bloomberg is the only ones that have a news article about it so far. I haven't seen anybody else with it. Maybe by the time y'all hear it, you'll be able to find it in other places. So now another thing that I wanted to talk to y'all about. Like I said, this this part right here is going to be interactive because I'm going to need y'all to look something up so that you can see what I'm talking about. But I'll let y'all know when I, when I need you to do it. There's a, there's a thing called... Now, this is some shit y'all probably ain't even going to be interested in, but I'm only going to say it so that I can get to my point. It's a thing called the Windsor Hum, right? I'll just say, I'll go real quick through this. There's a city that is across the water from Detroit, but it's in Canada, right? The city is called Windsor, and it's in Canada by Detroit. These people are complaining about a sound, pretty much a low-frequency sound. It sounds like bass, you know, bass coming out some speakers or something like that. It's called the Windsor Hum. Now... The residents have been complaining about it. The sound has been going on for years. A lot of people don't know where it's coming from. Some people say it's coming from a steel mill, I guess, in Detroit or around Detroit. It's coming from a steel mill there. And it's making a humming sound. But the, the humming sound is so low frequency that it's not that loud, but you can hear it. And supposedly, 
is constant, has been going for years, right? And they're complaining about it. A lot of they're saying, you know, these things, are, this this thing that's been going on for years is causing depression. They're trying to link it to other illnesses and and things like that. So I said, think they really doing studies on how how this humming sound and it's a low. I, I heard what it sounds like. It's a low. It's almost like when uh, it's it's like a sound where imagine somebody way down the street got their car, got the bass in their car turned up, and you can only hear the bass. You can't hear what song they playing or nothing like that. It's it's that's what it sounds. It's like that. So I'm like, dang, these people are really doing scientific studies trying to figure out how this hum is affecting these white people up there in Canada, and they complain. They t- they talking about like. They sued U.S. Steel and they saying y- y'all got to fix this and all this type shit. But then it made me think with all this concern on for these these people's health. And they're talking about how this this vibrations could have negative effects on the homes in the area, meaning they could be, you know, slowly cracking the foundations and things like that. And I'm thinking, damn. Where was this concern at? When people were putting highways through black communities. Now, if a low-pitched hum will bother a people and depress a group and have long-term health effects on a group and have long-term structural implications on homes and buildings and things like that, what do you think the effects of a highway the vibrations coming from vehicles driving and exhaust and loud music going through the neighborhood that you live in. The hum that these people are complaining about, miles away. Miles, many miles away. They can just, it's, the sound of it is bothering them. Right? Now, imagine you live somewhere in the house. Okay, so I want, this is the interactive part. I want y'all to go to Google Maps. Right? And I want you to go just... Do a, do a broad search and look at the city of Atlanta. I want you to look at the city of Atlanta. And this is what I want to show y'all. This is how I want to show y'all how, how wild these wide. They, they was doing black people back in the day. Zoom in on the city of Atlanta to the point where you can see, you know, when you zoom in, you want to be, you, you don't want to be far out. You want to be pretty pretty zoomed into the downtown area you want to see zoo atlanta georgia aquarium you know uh you want to see spelman okay so i'll tell you you want to see spelman college on your left side on the top of the screen you want to see georgia tech so georgia institute of technology on the right of the screen you want to see something called six feet under pub or grant park on the right of the screen and on the bottom, the, the lower part of the screen, you want to see South Atlanta. Zoom in till you see that part, right? This is the part I want y'all to interact, where the interactions come in. There's a highway 85, highway I-85-75, right? It was going straight. And then you can see that it makes this strange turn. A strange curve is just in the middle of the city of Atlanta. It's just it really doesn't make any sense. But there's a it's going straight and you can actually see when the curve stops, it goes right back on a straight path. If you're not looking at at the map, it's not going to make any sense to you. I need you to look at the map. I-85 is going straight and then it just makes this strange curve. 
and then it goes back on its normal path. Now, I know you're wondering, yeah, it's making a curve, it's a highway. What did it make a curve and cover? If you zoom in some more, just zoom into the curve itself now. You see something called Sweet Auburn. Sweet Auburn is right there on the right of the screen. Right? Sweet Auburn. Now, some of y'all might be thinking, what is Sweet Auburn? If you're, not, if you're not down here in Atlanta, what is Sweet Auburn? Sweet Auburn is a historic black district. It's one of the, one of the um, richest black uh, business districts of the early 1900s. That is where Martin Luther King's house is at. That is where a lot of old black churches are in the Atlanta area. That's where a whole lot of black businesses were at that time. And then the 60s and 70s, you know what they decided to do? They decided to run that highway all the way out the way just to run through Sweet Auburn. You understand what I'm saying? So when we talk about the Windsor hum and we worry about the, the health impact and the structural implications and what it could do to the environment and things of that sort. But we ignore what highway systems running. Th now, I'm giving you the Sweet Auburn thing. Because this is the most blatant highway redirection I have ever seen just to run through a black community. A lot of highways you can see when they go through cities, they're straight. They go straight through the city. They try not to make a lot of turns because when you, the more curving and turning you do, that's the more square miles or square, that's the more land that you need. The straighter you go, the less land you take up. So the, the blatant redirection just to take out a black community, a historically rich black community, because this is one of the richest. Somebody named it. What's his name? John Wesley Dobbs named it Sweet Auburn because it was home to the richest Negroes in the world. That's what he called it. He called it richest Negro street, Negro street in the world. That's why they called it that. So this is this is to give you an idea of what type of people lived here and what type of money black people had here. And this was he, he gave it that name in the, in the 30s, I think. Let me see. He gave it that name a long time ago. 30s, I think. And they decided to run this highway through there in the 60s, 70s. So black people were thriving. And they said, oh, no. So they weren't worried. What I'm saying is they weren't worried about the hum and the vibration. If you've ever lived next to a highway, which I have, if you've ever lived next to a highway Highways are loud as shit. See, we don't think about noises when we know where they're coming from. Oh, that's just the highway. The highway is that loud. We don't think about the chaos that causes in our brain. The fact that we can't get any peace and quiet to focus on what we want to focus on and to internalize our own positive thoughts. We can't do that. We're living in chaos because everything is loud. Not say we as in everybody, but the people who live in communities a lot of black communities that have highways running through them just like this, like they redirected a whole highway system. This is an inner. This is an interstate highway. I-75 is connected to I-85 here. I-75 goes from way up in Michigan all the way down to Miami. That's this highway right here that's running through Sweet Auburn. I-75 and I-85 are merged together and they run through this black community. I would wonder. How many black communities does I-75 go through on its way from Michigan all the way down to Miami? It's a 1,700, I mean, yeah, 1,700-mile 1, highway. 
I would wonder, because I can look it up another time, or y'all can look it up and let me know, how many black communities did this thing run through when they put it together? We noticed what they did with highways all over the country, but this this sweet Auburn man, it was directly taken out by this 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 misdirection of the highway. Not misdirect. It is a misdirection because they shouldn't have done it. But the redirecting of a highway system just to run through it. I know you might be thinking, well, they put it there because they didn't want to run through all those streets. Those streets weren't there. They didn't. I mean, not to say those streets weren't there. The streets were there. When it comes to eminent domain, what they did to black people was say, hey, I know you have a building here. I know you have a street here, but we need this for the better of the whole country. We need this for the better of the transportation infrastructure of America. So we need to take this land. We'll give you this amount of money. You do not have the option to say no. You have this much time to get out. So there, there's that. They could have done that and went straight through, but they didn't do that. They went and gave those black people eminent domain paperwork and said, you have this much time to get out of here. We're building a highway through here. So peace out, people. That's that's the blatant disregard for, I'm going to say, black sanity, because highways next to your house makes everything loud. It's loud, man. It's hard to think. It's hard to go to sleep at night when you hear people crashing. Have y'all ever heard a, cra- uh, uh, a crash on the highway in the middle of the night while you're trying to sleep? I have. And it was while I was living down here in Atlanta. I've had, I heard multiple crashes. People running, you know, pe- you know, some people might be drunk or whatever, and they driving super fast at night, four in the morning, and they crash into the, to the you know, concrete on the side of the highway. I've heard I've had to sleep through that, not sleep through it because it woke me up. But I'm just saying that's not something that you really have to deal with in suburbs, mainly in white suburbs, because they don't even have highways going through white suburbs like that. For the most part, when you leave cities, when you leave out of a city where especially where a lot of black people, when you leave out of a city. It looks rural for the most part, it looks like, oh, there's nothing out here. But if you get off these highways and you start driving down, you'll start seeing neighborhoods pop up the further you get away from the highway. Why is that? Because those places were originally built with black people not in mind. Okay, they were built for people who were supposed to be living in the suburbs when they when they had the white flight in the 60s and 70s. That's who those communities were built for. That's why they're so far away from everything. Because they want to be away from the chaos. They want to be away from the steel mills. They want to be away from the factories. Making all the noise. Putting out all the fumes. Everything that you breathe in that's poisonous. They want to be away from that. That's the stuff that we grew up next to. You feel me? So, hopefully y'all, y'all pulled up Google Maps and you looked at this with me. So, so you can see how, wild, how wildly disregarding they were. For us and our sanity and our safety when it came to putting highway systems through our shit. This is a historic black district. No telling how many other, you know, joints they did this to. I'm just speaking on one that I see every day. You feel me? It, it just doesn't make any sense to curve a highway that far out of, out of the path that you're on. It makes no sense. And it goes right through Sweet Auburn. All right, y'all, that, that, you know, that's all I have. 
You know what I mean? It's only we have forty minutes. We're good. We don't even need to. I don't need to overkill it. You feel me? We'll we'll discuss. Um, me and Shay. One of these days, we're gonna discuss Superfly. We'll discuss the rap thing. I'll get some callers in there. Y'all know I'm not on social media, so what I need y'all to do is hold me down. I need y'all to share this bad puppy. I told the people who I, you know, I told the people who hit me up. I'm gonna keep the podcast going. So I'm gonna see if I can get the viewers or the listeners or whatever while I'm not putting it in everybody's face on the social. So I need y'all to do it for me. You feel me? That's all I got for y'all. Get at me. If you see any interesting stories that you want me to talk about or, or see what I think about it or whatever, you can hit me up at the email. Um, that will be reg podcast at gmail.com. That's reg, R-E-G, podcast at gmail.com. If you see any interesting stories, hit me up on there, and I will get back with you. I'll see y'all next week. Peace out.